This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with Aviation Careers Podcast. Welcome to a special episode. I'm here actually on the campus at Polk State College with Eric Crump. We're going to make this a quick announcement, but you know what? We're going to make this a whole episode because Eric has decided to spend some time with us and share some information with you, the listener, some really good stuff. Eric, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, it's been a while. Hey, hey, it has been a while. <laughs> um, I just want all the listeners to know I'm here for them, not for you. I um, knew it. I have to look at you way too much as it is. Um, for those of you that are listening, have uh, been listening for a while, you know that this used to be a lot easier because Carl wasn't here all the time. And so my only opportunity to really talk to Carl was when we would do podcast sessions together. But now it's like Carl's like constantly following me around <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I go. Carl's always there. Um it's really funny because I just realized not too terribly long ago that I see Carl all the time and we talk all the time about aviation, but I haven't been on the show in a really long time. And I'm really glad to be back. So thanks yeah, for having me. This is awesome. And I know we can do more of this. Uh, but before we get uh, started with some announcements that we have, a uh, couple of shout outs here. Uh, don't forget the Aerospace Scholarships Guide. You can find that at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. That's updated every month now. Thanks to Russ. He's doing a great job on it. And to all the other team that helps out with the scholarships guide. We have over $50 million of scholarships in that guide. I know it's daunting. It's big. It's it's getting bigger every day. We're over, what, about almost 400 pages of scholarships in there. We're adding scholarships. We're taking ones out. It's a great resource. Also, a lot of people ask me through the coaching that I do, do you also do interview prep? Yes, we do interview prep for most of the folks with the coaching services. Uh, we've gotten so busy, we kind of limit it to the folks that are in our coaching uh, program. We are coming out with a video, though. We're finishing that up uh, for the technical interview course. That way, you can actually practice and get ready for your technical interview before we even do that coaching call. So anyway, let's get started. We have a couple announcements and uh, and we'll get into some of the questions from our listeners. Hey, <laughs> announcement time is fun time. This is awesome. Actually, something really, and we talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, uh, that Polk State Aerospace was actually ranked one of the most valued and affordable schools uh, by the uh, Best Value Schools website, and they were number two for online degrees. But let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that award, but also about Polk State, and uh, and congratulations on this. Well, thanks very much, first of all. Um, I do appreciate it. Um, this came as sort of a surprise to us. I mean, we have always um, intended for the program to be accessible and to provide opportunities to people who otherwise wouldn't have access to degree and flight programs like this. Um, I guess it's sort of, um, it's like looking at your own kids, like everybody likes their own kids, but you know that you have a bias about your kids. So like I felt that the program was valuable and that it really served a niche. Um, but it always it's always nice when somebody else compliments your kids. So I, it was very nice uh, when they contacted us and told us uh, that we had um, that we were in consideration uh, for the thing. I was like, well, that's neat. And then when the results came back and we were second in the country, that was um, a little insane, but also really nice. Uh, I was it was a good day for us. You know, second in the country, and they mentioned as far as online degrees, looking at about a cost of about, what, $7,800 for an mm -hmm. online four-year bachelor's degree. That's that's very affordable. How would you compare that to other schools? 
Well, it's it's tough to compare, and usually when people come to Polk State and they want to talk about, um, you know, how do you how do you um, how do you uh, rank or relate with other flight programs? The last thing I ever talk about is cost, um, because to me that's an apple and oranges issue at most schools. So. Um, in Florida, for any for any uh, discussion, the state college system, our tuition is set by the legislature. So it, it's it's a state program. It, by default, it's probably going to be lower tuition than, say, a private institution. But it's even lower than the state university system as well. So in, in terms of tuition costs, it really goes from state college to state university and then to a private university. So if you're looking at it on cost, um, we're really, really affordable compared to, say, private school tuition. Um, and, and I also preface that with tuition costs are variable at institutions. To some extent, flight training costs are, but my argument is a good airplane and a good flight instructor will always cost the same amount. If you went to a flight program and they advertise that their flight cost is really low, there's probably something you want to look at there and find out why. Because a good airplane, um, especially given um, insurance requirements and fuel requirements, an airplane is going to cost what it costs. And to, to get good instruction, you're going to have to pay for that, especially in this climate where it's so hard to find flight instructors. Um, but um, this particular analysis was geared more toward uh, the tuition side of the equation. Um, however, I would say even on the flight side, with our abundant use of flight simulation technology that we actually don't charge students for, um, that's free here. Um, I think we we definitely compete well when it comes to flight training costs as well. One of the things about Polk State, I think a lot of people don't realize, you're the first public institution in the state of Florida to actually have a bachelor's. Is that not correct? That's true. In yes. So um, there are um, there have been state. Uh, universities that have talked about flight programs over the years, but none have ever actually gone forward with that. Um, we obviously have quite a few well-known private institutions in the state of Florida who do a great job doing what they do, just their cost of attendance is significantly higher than mine. So, um, you know, and again, that's an apple and oranges situation because if you wanted the traditional college experience with a dorm and, um, you know, uh, the football team and all that, we, we don't have that. Um, but our cost of attendance, I think, more than makes up for for that particular uh, for that particular thing. So um, again, w trying to compare flight programs or, or even college degree programs on cost as the first priority um, would be something I would encourage listeners not to do. Much like you um, encourage listeners not don't chase the airline with the highest pay because they may not have the quality of life that you want. It's exactly the opposite in training. Don't go after the most expensive program or the cheapest program. The, the cost of it is a factor, but it can't be the number one thing you're looking for. Um, I think it's a good indicator in some ways of what uh, what the value proposition is at that particular school that you're looking at. Um, but my goal here and the goal of Polk State Aerospace is to get students in, to get them trained, and to get them to work. And I have there's no benefit to me or to a student having them stay here for a long time and spend a lot of money. You know, Eric, you bring up a great point. Also, there's a question I get many times over. Looking at those schools, the traditional schools, like you mentioned, have the big football teams and that type of thing. Uh, what are they going to miss out on by going to a Polk State? I guess that's not a great way to, to word it, but that's the way I hear it. I think what they're trying to say is, is why wouldn't they send them to a Polk State? What is it that 
they can do at these other institutions that, that you can't do? And is there any difference? So I, I sort of did the hybrid approach. I went to a school that had residential on-campus housing, but um, we, we had a football team, but nobody went to the football games because it wasn't there was no enjoyment there at all. Um, and so, um, you know, in all honesty, the things that I enjoyed the most about my collegiate experience were the connections that I made, the friends I made that I still have today, um, and, and the time I got to spend with those guys going on trips, um, going to classes together, studying together. Like I have, I have very fond memories about that. Um, that experience is still absolutely present at a Polk state at this Polk state specifically. And actually it's one of the things I think that we encourage, um, probably more so because we don't have the traditional student life, uh, that you would find at a state university um, with our crew member approach. And so the idea there is that everybody here is a crew member and that we're all participating in the same team. We all have different roles and responsibilities. But I think if we instill that day one, we help the students start to build those bridges and connections. I think it provides a student with that rich student life experience that they really want. And all of your friends are pilots. So, you know, <laughs> they're, I mean, better worse <laughs> depends some people would like to have a lot of pilot friends other people have a lot of pilot friends and going yeah i'd be good with somebody else <laughs> speaking with eric crump here at polk state college uh, the best value schools ranked you folks at polk state aerospace number two in the country for online degrees that's something else i mean hats off to you you're doing something right you're getting people jobs you're moving people forward uh some of the things that i think people don't realize even at a larger institution uh we actually have certain things that you wouldn't think about we have internships we have relationships with other schools with other institutions airlines etc we even have a team right i i think you know, when you look at the traditional university, in most cases, you're, you're probably looking at, a, at an organization that focuses very heavily on research, that focuses on um, encouraging their faculty to publish and to, to and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we focus, like you said, more on the workforce demand, more on job placement, more on building those skills that make the student more uh, marketable, really, in all honesty, when they're out there in a pile of resumes. How do, how do you stand out? Um, and in all honesty, I think one of the great ways you stand out is by joining some type of competitive organization at your at your school. And so, um, I did intramural uh, frisbee golf uh, for a semester, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but <laughs> did not um, shine on the resume. In all honesty, the the, <laughs> the most fun I had in college was uh, participating with our flight team, and that was one of the great. Um, focal thing when i got here day one the first thing i thought about was how do i get us to the point where we have a flight team and it took a few years to get that set up to get the infrastructure built to find an awesome coach who was willing to volunteer hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours of of his own time uh, to help out with that but i think those those relationships are so great for the students, but they're also so great in allowing them to build connections with other students and other programs because there's going to be a competitive nature there, but competition is not a bad thing. Um, really, it can be a good thing if you're approaching it the way that you should. Um, it helps. It teaches integrity. It teaches um, you know, ethics. It teaches how to lose gracefully. It teaches how to win gracefully. It, all these things are, are way more important life skills um, and that's the thing. Like, we're not just training students to become professional pilots. Um, I tell my CFI students all the time, 
my 10-year-old can fly an airplane. She's actually really good at it. She has no idea what she's doing, and if you know the rubber really meets the road, she's not going to be able to deal with that situation. But flying the airplane is not hard. Um, doing it with the right mentality, understanding your role and giving back and mentoring the next generation, those things are tough, and they don't just come overnight. And those skills have to be developed from the very beginning. And That's why I think um, student activities like that are so important, um, but I... Again, I love my own kids. Um, I love our flight team. I love that the guys are willing to uh, give up the amount of time that they have to set aside from school and from work to participate. Um, and our coach is just awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the plug. I obviously I coach the flight team here at Polk State College. Oh, do you? And, yes. By the way, Wait, I'm I the person. I was the coach. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the I was, one that takes all the money I and, well, and sends it. Oh, look, actually, I send you the bills. If I, get the I money. had known it was you that was the coach, <laughs> but no, the coach is terrible, and we don't like the coach at all. You know, it's funny. One of the best things about the flight team, I find also to add to what you said, is the fact that in in trying to place people in jobs, this is one of the best ways to do it. When you're at the competitions, you have people recruiting. It's just like any other college sport. The recruiters are there. We have people that actually have been hired out of the competitions or soon after the competitions, and they were actually interviewed at the competition. So at the Intercollegiate Flight Association, the regionals, the nationals, you'll have all the different recruiters. Even if not, not formally there, they're there. So I always tell the kids, you know, be careful who you're talking to because that person in a T-shirt and jeans may be the recruiter for Delta Airlines sitting next to you, and it's happened. So that's actually one of the other things. I love the fact, too, they, they learn that there is competition in life, and they learn the fact that they may be one of many people applying for that job, and they have to be competitive. I always tell the students, you know, I never want you to do anything stupid when you travel, but if you do, make sure you have one of the other team's polo shirts on. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> You know, it's been a pleasure talking to Eric. This has been awesome. As far as, you know, we, we're going to announce the fact that you're one of the most valued schools on the online programs. You're also one of the most valuable schools out there, period. I know that's not a ranking. That's my ranking, Carl's ranking. That's Eric's US, ranking, too. Eric's but, ranking, but too. But it sounds, it sounds, you sound like a jerk when you talk about how great your program is. Of course, you think it's great. Um, and so I, I try to be careful so that I don't sound like an egotistical moron. But at the same time, I, I really do think what exists here is great. Um, and not because I'm here, I built it, because that's not even the case. Uh, this is a, a huge effort. Um, and if anything, um, I get to be the cheerleader, occasionally the disciplinarian, but really, really I'm the cat herder, right? So everybody else is are, are responsible for um, this, this huge push that we've gotten, you know, in six years, when I tell people from, you know, nine to 300 students, they're like, that's not real. That's not true though. I'm like, no, that's mm -hmm. how, how is that possible? And it, one person couldn't do that. It's, it's, it's not possible. And so having industry allies, having students who really care and buy in and drink the Kool-Aid, having faculty who are working professionals who bring their daily experience into the classroom, these are, these are the only things that are going to make that happen. And I'm, I couldn't be happier to be here. We're talking about Polk State College, but somebody who's looking at a program at similarly in their area, they can't travel to Polk State. They're looking at something at a community college, et cetera. Look at that value in that school, and look what they have, maybe similar to Polk State. Of course, Polk State the best in my mind, but still, if, if you're thinking about going to a much more expensive program and you just don't have the funds, just realize 
You need to get the degree. You also need to get the licenses. And as far as going out there and finding the job, it's up to you. It's you need to go out there and network. Some of the bigger schools, yes, they have the facilities. They have those networks in place. But a lot of it is up to you. And look at making that effort. Do those extracurricular activities like the, the flight Get team. involved. Get involved it in Wherever you are, get involved. Meet people. Network. This is a people business. It always has been. I think it probably always will be. Um, the, the best way to be successful in this business is to get into it. Just get your, get both hands, both feet dug in and find a place where you can participate. So here's a tough question. I know you went from nine to 300 and, uh, one of the reasons, I mean, we have a great economy happening here. We have lots of people, people getting hired. Uh, but there are some schools that haven't grown in that pace. I mean, what is, what do you feel has been the key to your success here or the key to Polk State College Aerospace success? Well, we're centrally located in the pilot training hub of the world. So, I mean, that, that, that helps. We're definitely, we're <laughs> location, location, location. I mean, some to some extent, you know, we're in the right place at the right time. And we, we started the program um, January of 2013, right as everything was starting to improve again. And so we were just, we were right on the leading edge of the wave. We were the first institution in Florida, public institution, to offer a baccalaureate degree in aviation. That got a lot of circulation, a lot of press. Um, and we have people coming. They do come from out of state to come to school here. Um, and and that's that kind of draw was very un, it's unusual for um, what used to be a community college, now a state college in Florida, um, to have that kind of draw for a program like this. But I, I, I think the value plays into it, certainly. The cost of attendance is lower. Um, learning to fly the the initial investment on becoming a pilot is is high it doesn't and it doesn't matter where you go um if the airplane is not made of and held together by duct tape it's going to cost you a lot and it probably can cost you a lot then too just not in money but <laughs> but if you it's if you want to be a pilot it's going to cost some money i mean that's just a reality but when you can do low tuition costs when you're using um, you know, instructional materials that are either free or that are public domain or they're instructor developed, it cuts the cost of the textbooks down. When you deal with flight training and you're incorporating FA simulation everywhere the FA will let you do it and you grant fund it so you don't charge the students to access it, these things that they're, they're individually they're just one thing, but when you stack them all together, that's where the value proposition comes from. Um, and then beyond that, it's just been a huge network of people who care, who are interested, who want to see the program grow and expand. Great industry partners um, who participate on our advisory boards, who share curriculum with us. We don't have transport category aircraft that we can build materials for. So when our airline partners come to the table and say, well, do you just want to use ours? Well, yeah, that would be <laughs> great. That would be great. And to the students, then you're not just listening to some guy give a lecture about a black and white illustration out of a textbook. This is actual training material for an airline that you actually want to go fly for. Um, and so that when you do go to new hire pilot training, you've, you've experienced that before. You understand what the study process is like. You understand what the content is, what's on the test, so that you're, you're, we're not just training you to know the material, we're training you to do the job. That's the second step. And I think the students mm -hmm. see that, they understand that when they go to interviews, when they do internships, the employers see what they're getting, and that's, it just, then it's a self-fueling fire. 
And I think you're doing a wonderful job, uh, and I love all those reasons that you put out there why, why Polk State is doing so well. One of the things I, I'd love to know is, is what's happening going forward. Is there anything that you want to make an announcement of or hint towards what, what might be next with Polk State as far oh, as Oh, there's always the something coming next. <laughs> um, I think right now, I'll just, right now I'll just tease with that and say there, there are definitely a couple of announcements that are coming up for us soon, but uh, you'll have to... You have to tune in later to hear those. <laughs> so you know, with Eric Crump, we uh, sometimes look at just doing a uh, an announcement. It turns into a whole episode usually when you and I sit down and talk. It just it just happens that we talk about you aviation. And I, you it just and I goes. Don't, don't we, tend to know when to shut up. Yeah, we can't that's do a five minute conversation, can we? Well, when you but, said five minutes, I was like, okay, so that means twenty. But okay, 20. <laughs> fine. That's sure. Carl, five minutes. Hey, Eric. Since I have you here, let's uh, kind of corny on this one question. I get a question from students quite a bit and from listeners. It has to do with VA benefits. They look at the. Program. It's 141. It's VA approved. Um, but they look at the number of hours. And the big question comes up Does that cover all my flight training or do I have to come up with money myself as a, a veteran? Uh, most people under the 141 program don't actually finish in the minimum number of hours. And I think people don't understand that. So could you explain? what minimum number hours are and also the fact that most people don't finish in those minimum number of hours and how does that apply to the VA benefits? That was a lot of questions, That's a but lot. I will try to right. make sure I answer them all. Um, yeah. So um, maybe the first most often asked question is uh, what kind of airplanes do you fly? The second most asked question I get is what do my VA benefits actually pay for? Um, that's at least 20 times a week that mm -hmm. that one comes up. So um, the first thing is, yes, the program has to be 141 approved by the FAA. It has to be separately approved and authorized by the VA. That's before you can even start having the conversation about, can I even go and use my benefits at that program? Um, in addition to the program being 141 approved, the training has to be conducted under Part 141. That's another misunderstanding. It's like, well, but I've got to, well, yeah, but, but you can't bill the VA for 250 hours for your commercial because they're not going to pay for that. They're going to pay for the 141 minimum because that's what you're supposed to do. Also, the VA will only pay for the most cost-effective aircraft in the fleet. So many students will go to a program because they have a Cirrus on the line or something like that. Ooh, I'm going to do my private training in that Cirrus. You can totally do your private training in the, in the Cirrus, but the VA will only pay for the 152. That's what they're going to pay for. They're going to pay for the most of the least expensive aircraft on the certificate. So these are just some common gotchas that people fall into. Um, in terms of what the benefits actually pay for, uh, VA benefits will only pay for the minimum authorized training time set by the FAA for each course of training in the least expensive aircraft, not including certification fees. So what that means is um, if you want to go and do your private pilot training somewhere. And again, that's a whole other issue. So if the, if the school owns its own fleet of aircraft, the VA will pay for your private training or if they lease their aircraft. If the flight school does not and contracts entirely with a third-party company, the VA won't pay for private, but they will start paying for instrument. For, I left that out at the beginning. Um, but when you come in, let's say you're going into private, school owns the airplanes. The FA says that's 35 hours. Minimum time. It can't be any less than 35. But the vast majority of students are not going to finish in 35 hours. Um, there's always going to be, well, we need to do this lesson again, or we need to practice this one more time, or the stage check didn't work out, we've got to do it again. There's always going to, or the weather moved in and we didn't get done with the lesson. There's always something that comes up. So the minimum time is just there as a minimum. It's always going to be more than that. And so a VA student should 
certainly be planning for spending in advance of the minimum training time for sure. Um, the VA will cover that amount. Everything beyond that is going to be your own responsibility. So I would recommend to VA students when they go to schools, when they're interviewing schools, do an email or phone conversation with the people. What is your average time to complete? That's a question that you're going to want to know. At this school, how, what does your average student take to complete this course of training? So that now, and you should ask, you know, okay, so then um, in your least expensive aircraft, what are the hourly rates for the aircraft and the instructor? So I have to publish my minimum training time. That's a legal requirement. I, I can't publish anything else. I have to publish that. I'm very clear and on that form. The word minimum is bold, italic, underlined everywhere we use it because I want to be very upfront with people. This is the minimum. This is what the VA will pay for. Everything else is going to be your responsibility. That includes the knowledge test, the practical test fee for the examiner. The VA won't pay for certification fees. They'll only pay for the minimum amount of training time required as approved in your syllabus. So if somebody's sitting at home right now trying to put a pen and ink together, because we're planning, right? We're planning as far as financially what we're going to do. Um, is there a general rule of thumb that you give to somebody, say, I should add 20%, 30% to the cost? Uh, if I'm, I'm sitting here trying to make a budget, trying to go to school, I know this is a hard question, but uh, how much would you maybe add to that cost? Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily a percentage because flight training is a proficiency-based activity. I mean, you're ready when you're ready. And you could go through your private and get really close to minimum, get to instrument and blow it out of the water because holding doesn't make any sense to you. I mean, there's no, and there's no way to know that until you get the student in the training program to see what's going on. I would say to look at your, your industry averages in terms of time to complete. And we know that industry average in part 61 training for private is around that 55 to 60 hours. That's normal. In a 141 school, 40 to 45 hours is a normal time. It's 42 here right now. But of course that changes every semester as the, as the values shift forward and back. So um, I think, again, that's where you ask the school, what's your average completion time? Because theoretically that's a number that they track because they want to know, I want to know, how long it takes my average student to complete. Um, and I think that's an important question to ask. I, I would say when, when we're looking at cost for training, you're really, if you just want to snowball numbers, I think you're looking at nine to $10,000 an hour, most places for your private. Uh, and a, depending on how much SIM they use and what aircraft they're using, somewhere in the 10 to 12 probably for your instrument. Commercial is a totally different animal, depending entirely on how much SIM gets used for, for credit and things like that but I would put that somewhere in the twenty dollars to $25,000 range for your commercial. And I think those are, those are reasonable estimate numbers to plan for. Um, but again, I don't know that that's necessarily a percentage. I think the, that's just what I would tell somebody to think about if they didn't want to sit down and do the math. Okay, so someone who's looking at the expenses, they could back that out, uh, what they're getting from the VA, and look at what's going to cost most people and exactly. figure it out from there. So that's and, a good and number. And many, many veterans um, are still working. Right. So they can use their BAH, their housing allowance, to help defray that. Um, others who are not working in general, I mean, these are all general terms, but if they are going to um, state schools, they're going to be financial aid eligible. So there's the opportunity to go there for Pell Grants for student loans. And, you, I, and I get this a lot from veterans. They're like, well, no, I'm, I want to use my benefits. I don't want to do student loans. And I understand that but your veterans benefits are only going to cover the minimum. It's going to cost you more out of pocket. So on the one hand, luck favors the prepared plan ahead. Make sure you know where that overage is going to come from. If you have a job and you have some money to put back, that's great. 
If you need some more money, I would suggest that you go ahead and have the financial aid lined up. But the second side of that is, if you're not working and you're only going to school and you're not borrowing any money, you have a crappy credit score <laughs> in this economy. I mean, you just do. Right. And so later on, when you want to buy a house or you want to buy a car, I know it sounds crazy, and I'm not trying to give, I'm not a financial counselor or anything, but to take out two to $4,000 in student loans, to have that on your credit score, is that's money well spent, in my opinion. Yes, you're going to have to pay it back. Yes, you're going to pay interest on it. But at the same time, for example, when I went to college, my parents had saved up some money and they helped out with my tuition and part of my flight. I worked three jobs. I was very fortunate in that at the time, I left school with zero debt. I worked like a crazy person, but I left school with zero debt. And I was very, very proud of myself. I went to, um, this was back in the day when you didn't, everybody didn't have a cell phone. I went to get a cell phone and the, comp the company said, um, sorry, uh, you don't have a good credit history, so we're going to give you this restricted cell phone plan. I'm like, really? I went to sign my first mortgage. They wouldn't sell me a house. They'd sell my wife a house, and I was the co-borrower <laughs> because my wife had done student loans in college and I didn't. So I'm just, just in terms of you know thinking a little bit further down the road, I'm not saying go out and max out your credit cards and take a bunch of you know Sally Mae loans if you don't have to, but borrowing money for flight training is good ROI, especially when it's a small amount and it's actually going to help you out in other ways. That actually had nothing to do with the VA question. No, but that was great. <laughs> that was some great advice uh, and for anybody, VA or anybody out there. But and also possibly getting a credit card and using a credit card every so often. That yeah, helps. yeah, yeah. I mean, but be it, careful you've there. Really gotta, you know? You've got to. Yeah. You've got to be smart and intelligent. Don't exactly. be an idiot. But at the same time, long term. Again, I, I like I like the long view. Like right. we're not just you're not here to get a private pilot certificate. You're here to become a professional pilot. This is a, a stage in the process, and that's important, but let's think long view and think ahead about what's going to happen five and ten years from now. You mentioned something about BH or base housing mm -hmm. uh, and also the fact that you're a college, a collegiate program. Is there any difference in the VA benefits that are given to somebody who's through the college program as opposed to somebody who goes to, say, just a strict flight school without a college program? Yeah, so the VA calls colleges or universities institutes of higher learning or IHL. So if you attend an IHL, the entire benefit structure in the VA changes. So if you go to an independent flight school, the VA is going to reimburse you for part of your training. If you come to an IHL, you're paid in advance based on the percentage of, of uh, VA benefits you have. So if you're 100% eligible, the VA is going to pay 100% of your minimum cost of attendance, which is going to be your tuition, your flight training fees, whatever, um, or 90, 80, 70%, whatever, it, whatever your eligibility percentage is. Um, your BAH is also different and dependent. This also comes into play when you're dealing with um, in-person face-to-face instruction versus online. So uh, a purely online student gets half time, it gets half BAH. They don't get full time uh, BAH. Um, so my veteran students will take as many online courses as they can so they can have as much time to fly so they're not bound in a classroom. But that one flight lab that they take each semester is an in-residence class so they get counted for in-resident. And that's legal and legit and fine, That's but they're meeting the requirement. They are taking one residence class, and so they get full BAH. The other thing about BAH is that it's based on where you are. So, um, for example, uh, we're in the center of Florida. If you lived, uh, if 
if Polk State was in Orlando or Tampa, your BH would be significantly higher because the computed cost of living in those other counties is different. In Polk County, Florida, the cost of living is whatever it is, and BAH is figured off of not where you live, but where the Institute of Higher Learning is based. Very good points. That's excellent. Uh, you know, I could sit here and talk forever about all these benefits, et cetera. These it was, questions. It's a five-minute interview. It's a five-minute right? interview. We've done a whole episode. For the, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're strictly going to talk about announcements, but but this is some amazing information that you've been able to glean, and the people that are listening will be able to glean from this. and And that's what I love about sitting here talking to you. We should do more of these. Uh, that's for sure. Because I don't it, know. I have I, to look at you when we do this. I know person. this is it, it's it's crazy. We're actually here on the campus at Polk State College. It's it's a such a cool environment. You're sitting here. You got a window overlooking looking the uh, the runway and also all the different airplanes hanging out there. Hey, you know, interestingly, you know, talking about the VA benefits, one of the things that came up is this new thing, the forces to flyers uh, with Ms. Chow and also with the Department of Transportation. What an incredible program. I got to interview somebody who actually went through the first flight school, excuse me, the first ground school. How inspirational is that? They're actually taking that issue with the fact that you can't get your private at an institution like here at Polk State mm-hmm. through the VA because they don't actually own their own airplanes and they're actually paying for it that is so cool yeah and i uh, just i'm really happy to see that there's four institutions right now and there will be more in the united states that'll have the ability to actually use the forces to flyers program hopefully we'll see that i, I think you're going to see that grow oh, over yeah. time i mean there there's not going to be a demand shortage in the near future in my children's lifetime maybe they'll see a demand shortfall but um i, I think the importance of programs like this, and we work with a lot of veteran students here. We're our majority population is civilian, so we're not um, we're nowhere close to the VA's ratios or or anything like that. We're we're about thirty to thirty five percent veteran at any given time. Um, but it's such an interesting thing when those guys come to school here because they come from a structured environment built on crew member mentality and team first and flight training for them makes a lot of sense they they fall into it a lot easier than maybe even a traditional college student or uh, a second career civilian you know in at 25 or 30 coming back and saying well you know what i really i really wanted to be a pilot but i didn't do it then but i'm going to do it now um but for and i think it's because of the training i think it's because of the unit mentality that that they train under and that they work under mm-hmm. It just, um, flight training makes sense to them. Um, We do get a lot of uh, maintenance-related positions who come to training here. I hear the same story all the time. I fixed them forever. It's my turn to fly them. Or, you know, I always had to, you know, fix some pilot's problem. Now I'm going to be the problem or whatever whatever funny (laughs) uh, expression. It's a lot of crew chiefs, a lot of maintenance personnel um, who have been around airplanes, who fell in love with them, and see an opportunity to get to do something that they always wanted to do. And so I think programs like this, I think, first of all, just post 9-11 GI Bill in general is an awesome opportunity um, for young men and women to get the opportunity to, to pursue their education um, in exchange for service to our country. I think that's a, that's, that's a really awesome uh, really awesome type program. I, I think Forces to Flyers is only going to grow and expand um, because there is a demand there, and uh, I think it's a great opportunity. There's so many great opportunities for our veterans. We really appreciate their service and you know, kind of paint it forward with all these opportunities. I think there's going to be more, which is wonderful. It's what we do. Uh, here with uh, Hera Crump, Polk State College, the director of the aerospace program. And I tell you, you're banging it out of the park here with this program. I think you're doing a terrific job. 
Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll be speaking more about all the different growth you have, the new you know full flight simulators that'll be put in here. Oh, wait a minute, I'm I'm kidding. That's not actually happening. But yeah, so as soon as Carl writes, <laughs> writes that a check, check um, we'll have full flight sims the next day. Well, actually, you know, going forward, interestingly, I know we talked about this, but uh, there's so many opportunities for people to help out and to give. Uh, you know, there's the Polk State College Foundation. We have links on our website, to, obviously, to the flight team that I support. But hopefully, in the future, we're going to talk more, maybe, about doing some scholarships. Uh, if you're interested in that, to help our students out, I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the fees and also, you know, their check rides, their books, and also they're not paid for, and that's a big expense, isn't it? It is. I mean, you're looking at $150 for a knowledge test nationwide right now. Um, and depending on where you're at, between I've heard between five and $800 for a practical test. Wow. Um, and then don't even get me started on the flight instructor test. That's a whole day. I mean, that's a huge expense in addition to just how long you're going to be using the aircraft. So um, on the one hand, for the purpose of what we're talking about here, planning ahead for those things is so important because you're so focused on training, you forget the testing and you get to the end and you're ready. And it's like, Oh, I don't have $600. Well, then you can't take a check ride. So, you know, but we've got to think about these things. We've got to be prepared for them because then when you're not, now you're doing a bunch of recurrency flights until you can get to 600 while you're spending money on that. And you see where this goes. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's a self feeding fire at that point. And then you're, you're flying just to try to stay proficient. Now you've built up, you know, 50, 60 hours when you were really done at 40, you know, that kind of thing. Well, Eric, you know, you've raised, I think, probably more questions in people's minds during this whole interview. And I, I think what's because I'm a terrible professor. I'm a really bad explainer (laughs) of information. No, you're good. I mean, make people think, (laughs) which is awesome. And, and that's why you've done so well here with this program. You know, what was supposed to be a five minute conversation turned into a whole episode. And we really appreciate that. One of the great things about moving uh, Stuck Mike Avcast and Aviation Careers podcast here to uh, Lakeland is the fact that we get to do many of these type of interviews. And there's so much aviation that's going on here especially we were just talking about this the other day but um because i see you so much now i forget that it's been a really long time since we've actually talked to all the listeners so hello everybody i missed you all i'll I'll try to be try to be a a better guest speaker on on a more regular basis well we're going to grab you as a matter of fact if if you can't speak one of the things that i encourage people to do is feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com write in with your questions eric's more than willing to help answer those questions even if he can't come on we can do a quick answer session and the neat thing is i'm so close here we can grab eric and do some more of these podcasts it's been awesome is that like bag over my head, throw me in a van? It is. Okay. We, we steal you, run you down the street, and uh, or just find a conference room like we, we've That's been able to do. That's what my wife threatens she's going to do, just spend time with me. <laughs> I'm going to have to black bag you and throw you in a van so that I can actually see you for more than five minutes at a time. It, you know, and it's there's so much happening here, um, and there's so much going on in aviation right now. Um, I am honestly just as excited about where we are with aviation right now as I was when I took my first flight at 13. It's, awesome. it's the same it's the same excitement it's the same thrill everybody's so positive about where the future is headed and uh, just thrilled to be part of the ride well eric this has been awesome i'm going to have some links at the bottom of the podcast here make sure you click on those uh polk.edu slash aerospace if you want to check out the program here also if you have questions of course send them in and we'll forward them on to eric Eric, you know, th- I can't wait to do more podcasts and come back and talk to you. I know that people really appreciate this and you're taking the time. One of the things that I think is wonderful about this community is not just Eric, it's everybody. They always want to share and help other people. You'll find that in aviation. And I always get that from people. 
saying, hey, I really appreciate what you guys do and all the guests that come on. But it's our way of paying it forward. We want oh, you to succeed. Somebody did this for me. Exactly. I mean that, so it's my responsibility to do it. And all of you listening, after you take that one step today to move, whatever, Carl does it better <laughs> than I do. But then it's going to be your responsibility to do it one day. So make sure that you're you know, paying it forward. And folks, that's all we have the time for today. But uh, as Eric said, you know, do something today, do something right now to move forward with your career. If you're sitting here uh, listening to this show on your, you know, your bicycle, your motorcycle, in your car, uh, do please stop, pull over, click on some of those links. But if you're if you're at home, don't forget you can actually click on all these different links where you can find all the information we talked about. But once you stop your car, once you pull over to the side of the road, once you go and stop in that McDonald's parking lot, do something now. Call somebody. Call a friend. Even while you're driving, you can stop and call a friend and try to find more information about something we've talked about here. Or just get excited and share some of the information. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri and also Eric Crump right here at Polk State College. Find more at polk.edu slash aerospace. It's been great talking to everybody. Safe flying. Talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.